This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. How many schools have you visited recently? And what's your relationship like with the teachers and the school counselors, even the principals? Have you hosted a shadow day at your shop for students? Hey, look, if you answered no to any of these questions, answer me this one. What's stopping you? From the Aftermarket Radio Network, Carm Capriato here. You know, Thomas Edison once said, Opportunity is missed by most people because it's dressed in overalls and it looks like work. Look, don't miss this opportunity to get involved with your schools and community and properly represent this industry to our younger generation. Listen intently to this episode and get the motivation on. Hey, thanks to our partners, Apex and Shopware, for providing you this episode. I bet we all know a shop owner, service advisor, or technician who has truly gone above and beyond in 2022. Well, now it's time to nominate them for the third annual Apex Service and Repair Awards. Don't wait. Do it now. Nominations are due August 31st. Go to aapexshow.com slash service awards. Do it. Thanks. Hey, are you using the best innovative shop management system in the country? Well, why make life harder? Shopware stays one step ahead of everyone else by listening to shops and solving their problems fast. On the web at GetShopware.com. Hey everybody, Carm Capriato, Remarkable Results Radio, advancing the aftermarket, which is what we seem to do and we've been doing for seven years. I'm honored to uh, have a very interesting uh, episode here today. It's all about the passion that I have for working with schools and getting the word out and actually speaking to our young people. I'm with Andy Fiffick, CEO of Red Air, Complete Car Care, out in, in Ohio. You're a franchise or Andy. Yes, uh, by default. We had two locations. One of my managers came in one day and said, hey, how could I have my own store? And the only way to do that was become a franchisor. And it took off from there. Now we have 10. How cool is that? Let me introduce Bill. And then I have to ask you something on, on how the company started. Bill Snow, VP of Rad Air and the VP of Franchisee Development and a motor sports podcast host. Hello, Bill. Hey, Carm. It's great to be here. Longtime listener. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Now, Andy, obviously you were in the radiator business. I think you told me 1975. That's just a few eons ago. Just a few. Yeah. In, in uh, 1975, we opened the doors as a radiator and air conditioning specialty shop, hence the name Radar. Matter of fact, we make a play on rad or raid. You know, down south, they call them radiators. Up north, we call them radiators. So rad or rad, it doesn't matter. You know, we have a commercialist. It doesn't matter what you call it. It's great car care. So you were telling me that in 1986, something big happened and it kind of changed your business model. We pivoted many times since then also. But 1986, if you remember back then, the Ford Taurus was car of the year by Motor Trend Magazine. First vehicle with a plastic and aluminum radiator. Also that year, we got called into the office at H.H. Daniel and Modine Radiator. They said, hey, all our competitors are selling to the big box stores, the Pet Boys, the Auto Zones, and the Meinekees and that. We will no longer be exclusive to selling radiators just to you. We're going to be selling to everybody. At that point in time, Carm, AutoZone was running an ad that was selling radiators cheaper than I could buy them for at that point in time. So we had to change our business model. So we literally went into work one day and I said, 
We're going from radar to radar complete car care. Love it. We did the pivot. And then in 19, in 2005, we pivoted again to keep up with the hybrids and the electric vehicles coming. I would say entrepreneurial spirit. You could say that or maybe stupid. I don't know. You know, so. or I always say something, uh, you know, capitalism will find a way. Yes, I think it always does. I mean, uh, I like to try to envision change as something that is great. I see opportunity and change all the time. That's why when the hybrids start coming out, I ordered the first hybrid escape in Cleveland in 2003. I didn't get it till 2005. If you remember, that was a real big delay in Ford bringing the product. As soon as we got it, we tore it apart, start trading on it. Matter of fact, I drove it up to uh, Craig Van Batberg's shop and we used it as a test mule on the first hybrid escape he ever looked at. And uh, we trained for a week on it on one of his Up His Voltage episodes. How interesting. Uh, here we are. People just drop names like they do. And I'm interviewing Craig tomorrow. <laughs> by, oh, <wow. laughs> by the way, it's I haven't had Craig on maybe in two years. But I wrote to him and I says, I got to have an update. <laughs> I got an update. And the first thing he said was, Deb retired. And I said, but well, I still want her on the show. So <laughs> anyway, we're, we're doing that. Craig is uh, obviously one of the most opinionated guys that I know of and, and has a passion for what he does. One of the things that I love about this episode, as we had spoken earlier, is your commitment to the young people in our industry, the and education. Yes. I mean, if we don't have young people coming into the industry, we have nothing. I mean, what do we build our legacy on? And quite frankly, it's scary out there as you walk along and look at all the shops, the age of our technicians out there is getting older and older and older every year. And fewer and fewer young people entering into our type of business. And, and to me, it's anybody that works with their hands. I mean, it's, it's electricians, the plumbers, the bricklayers, you know, the masons, everybody, you know, there, there's this need for people that could use their hands out there and think. And we need to attract those people. Andy, I get up on my soapbox uh, way, way too often. And I, I hope my listener doesn't say, oh, there's Carm again going off on education and relationships and the big picture program and shadowing and interning. But I know I'm talking to both Bill and Andy who believe in this big time. We spend hours and hours on it. We believe in it so much. When I visit a school and you're in front of a class of students and, you know, and they could be anywhere from, you know, in, in uh, high school vocational classes, or let's say maybe 16 to 18, then you got the technical schools. And we're very lucky to have one right. We have a few right near us, but one of the larger ones here. I get so energized talking to these kids and they, they are an open book. They have no clue what's coming down the pike for them. And today they're in such an exciting environment that the world is their oyster. It really is. Bill, I don't know about you, but I think the word of the day is going to be energized. Maybe that's how we need to, if you will, drill down to the shop owners and the technicians that listen to this show religiously and say to them, have you been energized lately? Do we have a plan for you? Earlier today, I met with 24 students from the Barberton School District near Akron, Ohio, at the Soapbox Derby headquarters, where it all happens, where the national championships happens. And I talked about how STEM from the classroom applies to our industry. But I started to talk off with the reason I have a smile on his face is I love my job. I get to come and talk about exciting careers with all of you, even if it's outside of automotive. I talk a lot about career advice. And it just happened. One of those 24 uh, students, a female, 
showed a genuine interest in being an automotive technician. So if what we share when we go out and do this gets one student interested to even explore it, that could be a career that they have forever. I think that's a big part of what we need to do as shop owners. I couldn't help but think, I'm out there, I'm talking, and I'm thinking, I'm marketing my company. No, I'm bringing my passion. Oh, I think I'm marketing my company. I'm bringing my passion. Wait a minute, you're doing both. And I love the idea you're driving home or it's the next day and the next day. And then someone says, hey, what'd you do this week? Oh, let me tell you. I talked to 24 kids at the soapbox and I told them about our industry and I told them about the white lab coats and the diagnostics and where we're going with electric vehicles and ADAS systems. And you talk about bringing in energy. If it takes you, us, to go out and talk to students and to build our energy and to talk positively about our industry, then there's the marching orders right there. Thank you, Andy, for saying energy. There was this missing platform that I couldn't quite maybe relate to our industry by saying, yeah, you got to go out and talk to students. You got to go talk to parents and principals and counselors. How about this? Go get your energy by talking about this with them. Yeah, you know, and it's so often as shop owners, we stay in our four walls and we don't leave there. And so we talked about going into the classroom, but think about what happens from the minute we leave our shop to go to the classroom. We're seeing our community. We're seeing what's going on. We're seeing other shops, who's busy, who's not. Then when you're in that room talking with the students, there's a half dozen adults too that are now hearing that man or woman has passion about their business. They're engaged in the community. Next time I need car care, I think I might call them or I might give them a shot because maybe my current person isn't doing that. And then as the message, Carm, gets out to the administrators and the principals and the counselors and the teachers, Now they have an avenue where they can bring professionals like us into their classroom. And just today, one of my contacts here in Northern Ohio, she was promoted again. Now she's the assistant principal for the programs that include automotive technology. So initially I said, we got to get reconnected. Now that you're in a new district, let's talk about what we can do to engage with your students, your staff, and your administrators and, and just help bring a different message to the students. And ultimately think about what you've been doing and how it is parlaying into the fact that now this individual is an assistant principal and you have an in that it took you some time to get. But if I know you, Bill, you're going to make sure you work that hard. And ultimately, not only will Rad Air benefit, but so will the industry around the Northern Ohio. Man, can you imagine people just saying, I want to be an automotive technician to their parent at Thanksgiving dinner? I dream of that, Carm. <laughs> At a boy, Andy. <laughs> Our governor had a uh, task force that was asked to be on getting um, more people into the vocations. You know, so I, I was down in Columbus quite a few times on that. And it boiled down that we determined in that, in that committee that it has to start at home. Mommy and daddy doesn't want little Billy or Susie being a car tech or a mason or a plumber or an electrician. They want them to go off to college, get a nice cushy job in some office and, and make lots of money. That is not the reality. The reality is, and, and I spoke to many parents about this, the reality is you come into our industry, if you are bright, you know how to use your hands and work the two together, and you apply yourself in two years, a two-year apprenticeship with us, you could have a life-sustaining family wage for the rest of your life without ever having been laid off. You can't say that about any college degree. I know so many of my daughters, I have two daughters that went on to college, went on after that further, but all the girls that graduated undergrad with them, the vast majority of them are making next to no money in careers that they don't like. 
And many of them had student debt when they got done with it. With us, you wouldn't even have the student debt. Hey, Carm here. Now, I bet we all know a shop owner, service advisor, or technician who has truly gone above and beyond in 2022 and who represents the best of the best. Now it's time to nominate them for the third annual Apex Service and Repair Awards. Now, these awards will recognize a shop owner of the year, service advisor of the year, and technician of the year. An independent panel of shop owners will select the award recipients based on their commitment to training, as well as community, charitable, and industry involvement. Apex will honor and celebrate the award winners during the opening keynote address at Apex 2022 in November in Las Vegas. Hey, don't wait. Nominations are due by August 31st. To nominate your outstanding industry leader, go to aapexshow.com slash service awards. Now, I know you know an outstanding shop owner, service advisor, or technician who's gone above and beyond this year. aapexshow.com slash service awards. Hey, stop guessing and get working on the next car or the opportunity to buy a second shop. Now, once you can see through the fog of numbers coming at you all day, you use less brain power to make better decisions. Start with reading the gauges on every bay and every tech with Shopware's Capacity Dashboard. Now, it makes it easy to see where you can squeeze in one more repair. Then get an overview of every business metric in your shop. Build your reports your way so the numbers that drive you jump out at you whenever you need them. Even if you add more shops to your operation, all the numbers end up consolidated by location or any way you want to slice and dice them. You're in control every step of the way, customizing as you go. Get a clear view. Get more profits. Get Shopware.com. When I went to school, my four-year high school... I believe it is equivalent to the four-year college. There's only one reason you need to have a master's program in, in so many things, and that is because now that's your real college education right there. And it's so easy for corporate America to hire people with master's, MBAs, or whatever. Yeah, they may earn a little bit more money, and I know it's a specialty field that you would be going into, but what is a four-year bachelor's today if it wasn't the whole college thing being a money-making machine? I think you nailed it, Carm. Yeah, the reality is undergrad degree is basically worthless today. It's the norm, just like a just like a high school diploma. I just saw a headline last week, and I think I saved it in my inbox. It's either General Motors or Ford are giving up on looking at college graduates to fill their ranks and looking for more people with hand skill sets. You've seen this happen. You get somebody that works at an automotive factory building engines. Well, they bring in a college grad or somebody with a master's to be a supervisor. That person doesn't understand the mechanics of an internal combustion engine to save their life. Where you could bring in a guy that got some smarts and know-how and that mechanical aptitude would actually make a better supervisor in those roles. And, and the companies have realized that now. I hate to say that the economy in the current state that we're in with where costs are going, prices of fuel hopefully will go back to some form of normalcy. 
But with inflation, and to your point earlier about college debt, and then working with your hands and the kind of job that you'd have not having to pay off college education, I think we may be poised, Andy, Bill, for maybe an influx more than we ever thought into the skilled trades. The word skilled trades, we we need to lift up that word skilled and not not think that it is a blue-collar, dirty job today. You find a plumber, okay, whatever I have to pay. Electrician, sure. And if there's any trade, I think, that has exemplified high-tech, it may not be plumbing and, and electrical and or carpentry, although there's some really cool stuff happening there. Automotive is where technology is compounding itself every day. What a fun industry to be in today. And that's one of the things that we highlight when we head into the classroom is, We used to have men and women roll in boxes and boxes of tools. Now we're handing them a tablet, a diagnostic scanner, and a laptop, and this is how you're going to be working with your hands. And yes, you will change some parts, but you know, think about the career that goes that way and that where the technology is heading in the vehicles, and don't you want to be part of that wave? We totally highlight to the the kids, and I think they get it. Most of them that really want to be in our industry, and you know, I'm talking. We're talking to vocational schools now. These kids are already pretty much decided they want to go down our path. But we know 50% or better of them are going to just be selling parts someplace someday. And, you know, maybe they will be a service writer. 10% are probably going to turn out to be the, the master text that they possibly could be. But you see that light go off in their head when I'm saying, you know, today you could be an electronic diagnostic wizard and not even have to get your hands dirty. You could be the go-to guy in the shop. That's all you do is go around and say, change that module, do this, do that, do that, and be the highest paid guy in the shop if you want to be that person. But you got to understand electronics and electricity, you know, and and have that willing that want to do it. And that last class Bill and I were at, I think there was a 24 in there, Bill, over at Tri-C. And uh, they were all part of the Ford program, the GMASEP program, and the standard program there. So we had a little bit of everything. And when I asked the class, I said, all the places you are working at, how many of you are advancing your skill set at the pace that you would like to be advanced? Not one of them raised their hands. Not even one of them did it. So in our program, we bring you in. We figure out what you're good at, where you stand, what you're bad at, you know, what your idiosyncrasies are. You start at day one moving forward with, okay, now let's advance the skill set today, tomorrow. And a lot of the programs out there and especially the dealerships with the flat rate nobody wants to help the young guy because that cost them money that cost me time that may take my job away down the future you got an environment like ours and you're sitting there and everybody is on the same team we have a culture that we are there to get the client's car fixed at all costs doesn't matter who does it the team is involved you know, so when you get that rough running car that is kicking John's butt, Bill walks over and says, hey, what's going on here? Can I help you? Hey, did you look at this? Do you think about that? You know, and if it gets so bad, we got 30, 40 guys on a text stream with all the text between 10 shops going, I get this old Volvo doing this to me. You know, anybody know anything about old Volvos? And sure enough, there'll be a text by, hey, go check this. So when you have a team of 10 stores, and you have an environment that when you bring a young person into it, they get energized. And Bill has a guy named Matt. I have a young man named Andreas. They have been brought into this culture as family members. 
and team members, they are excelling so fast, it's ridiculous. Andreas, I had him go back to his school with me on our last outing there with Bill and I, and he was telling the kids how far advanced he got when he just graduated in December. And I sent him to Craig's school for two two weeks for up your voltage. You can ask Craig about him tomorrow. This kid is on the fast track to be a master tech probably before he's 25, and he'll be earning all the money at 25. Again, parents don't understand the career that their family members could have if they could do this. You know, there is the magic that happens when you invest the time. You're talking about Andreas. You're doing something for him he couldn't have gotten in college. He couldn't gotten at a dealership, frankly, at, at this young age. So hats off to you. Now, you have Matt, Bill, as, who's working with you. Tell me his story. I created a relationship with the local tech school near my shop, both at the administration and the in-classroom teachers. And it came to the point where teachers retiring. I got a new teacher I need to build a relationship with. Luckily, I was able to hang out with this teacher at the Cleveland Car Show and the students all went off and did their thing. So now here I'm with Nate and we're walking around the show for two and a half hours. And all we're doing is learning about each other. How are you doing this? What are you doing here? Let's talk about this car. Let's talk about that car. Two weeks later, I got an email saying, do you want a shot at my kid that is a head and shoulders above everybody else? And I feel very strongly that any shop owner that builds that relationship with those tech school students and administrators is going to get the same call or email that I got. So we did. We brought Matt in and uh, he knocked it out of the park in the interview. We decided to set him up on a work study program that was managed by the school. We had forms we had to fill out every week about his progress and uh, everything went really well. After graduation, we hired Matt and he became a a lube technician. And I developed an apprentice program for him that would allow his skill set to develop. And he was mentored by our lead tech in the shop. But then, Carm, a corporation came knocking on his door. And it's a corporation that makes chemicals for automotive applications. And they needed somebody that could tear down engines, transmissions, and uh, differentials. A lot of money, air conditioning, don't have to buy tools anymore. Corporate environment. He took the job. He went, he left for more money, left on great terms. We kept in touch. Nine months later, he came back and he said, the reason I'm back and that I want to talk to you is I didn't like the culture there. I didn't have the culture fun. I didn't have the automotive culture. It was too corporate, too many policies. I run a very strict operation. I don't like to use the word policy, but in that other environment, that's what he was exposed to. And it all comes back to if you invest the time, you will get the reward. And I think a lot of folks in our industry miss, miss that because of someone like Matt leaving and saying, look, I spent all this time and now he or she's gone. Now what? Well, maybe they come back, but if they don't, didn't we do a great job handing them off to somebody else? And a tide raises all ships. And that's how we need to think about this. I love it. What a great story. To our listener, you should be super inspired by what you just heard. And Matt coming back, never burn a bridge, always keep the door open, right? Doesn't matter what, when or who. I wrote down, you can get the call from a student, from an instructor, from a principal, from a counselor, if and only if you build that relationship. So you can't sit back and say, man, uh, you know, they're graduating X amount of, you know, students. Wouldn't it be nice if I could have one? But you're never going to get one if you don't go as you guys do. Speak to the classes, invite them for open houses, both everyone in the school. What about the instructors coming by saying hi and seeing your place? Do they have an open invite? 
They do. And sometimes they take us up on it. We've had some instructors bring small groups of students through to see what great you've seen the shop at, at school. Let's go see what a real shop looks like. You know, and one thing we need to talk about, too, is the chambers of commerce. I get referrals from chambers of commerce all the time. And a teacher or administrator reaches out to the chamber and says, listen, we need to bring this perspective into the classroom. Who do you know? And I've, I've had teachers contact me that way, too, saying I got your name from the chamber of commerce. But, yeah, you know, it's, it's funny. We do things in life when we're invited. We go out to dinner with friends because they invite us. We go to a meeting because we're invited. Why wouldn't we be out inviting teachers, administrators, and future employees to come and have a chat with us or invite, you know, or ask that we can come into their environment and talk? Well, I'm on an advisory panel at the local two-year college, and I know a lot of the statistics of what happens with the grads that end up going to the dealerships. It's not great. You know, they, they kind of cycle out after a couple of years. We never have a chance in the independent world to get them because they, they go to other places like DOT and welding and, you know, in bigger fleets because we never built a relationship to start with. It's all about starting a relationship. You know, and the one thing that comes up, why this doesn't happen, it's old adage. The opportunity looks like work and it is work. Yeah, if you want the opportunity to build these relationships with these schools and these students and the administrators and that, you got to go out there and do it. I mean, it doesn't happen unless you try to do it. And if you put your name out there, dude, and here's the one word of the day, volunteer. If you volunteer to do something for the school, they will take you up on it because they are looking for people to volunteer to come in and speak to the students. They're looking for somebody to volunteer to help them at a trade show. They're looking for volunteers to come in and have their open house night and show off. I mean, the, the, the schools need volunteers. And any organization you walk into, they say, well, we're looking for somebody. My hand goes up before the words are out of their mouth. I want, I'll do it. I'll do it. I've been on the Cleveland Better Business Bureau for 17 years. You will never get off once you're on. But every meeting, they need a volunteer, I volunteer. If the PPP needs me, I volunteer. But there's another thing. Talk about building in your community. The Cleveland Better Business Bureau is a fairly large organization. I've been in it 17 years. I'm past chairman. Everybody in that organization knows that Raid Air in Cleveland is a business of integrity. We've won that torch award two times for a business of integrity. But just because my involvement sets that tone in the, in the community that we're the go-to guys, we're the real deal. We're the ones passionate, like you said, about our business. And that, that just sends repercussions. The repercussions are so fulfilling, it's ridiculous. I would tell you know, your listeners, go out there and volunteer in the community, volunteer in the school, volunteer at your church. When they learn that you're the car guy in that organization, you're the go-to guy in that organization. And how much does that really cost you? I, you know, we write checks all day long for a lot of advertising dollars for the 10 stores. It's an astronomical amount of money. Our best leads come from stuff like this. Go be the Boy Scout leader. Sponsor the Cub Scouts. You know, go with the BBB, civic organizations, your church organizations, anything. But it, you'll become the go-to car guy if you put it out there. And that just pays dividends. And hopefully the parents will learn that, hey, that's a pretty cool industry. Maybe I want little Billy or Susie going into it. I love where this episode is going to. I, I've wanted for a long time to have um, guys like you, Andy, and Bill on so that you could kind of define, you know, set it up. The words volunteer 
opportunity, the reality of what our great industry is all about to speak and to talk. And I also know that the colleges want part-time instructors too. They're called adjunct, right? You may call it volunteering, Andy, even though you may get a, a little stipend to do it. I get that part. But now you're bringing the face of the independent, the face of a, of a shop owner and your great knowledge. And furthermore, think of what we're doing in our bays and the high-tech stuff that we're working on that they're not doing in college. When the students come back saying, oh my God, I worked on something you guys have no idea. I mean, it's not in our curriculum yet, but it should be. When Bill and I go into these school systems, we are hands and feet above the car dealerships when it comes to being able to take these students to the next level. It is so obvious. It, 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 it's ridiculous. And instructors even come up to us. And when you have that relationship, like Bill's with Matt, I got a really good guy you need to talk to. You know, here's the best student in the class you need to talk to. They're underserving him at the dealership. And here's probably one of the key points your listeners need to know. The car dealership guys are in the school all the time, all the time. If you're not doing it, you are missing a huge opportunity. So again, it looks like work, but it has to be done if you want to build that relationship and get take it to the next level. Opportunity looks like work. Big takeaway. Thank you, Andy. Can I quote you on that? Hey, I'm not the one that coined that phrase. <laughs> Let's talk about, I know you have a bunch of steps that you want to offer to anyone to get involved, to start executing a relationship inside of education. And here's the great thing. All these contacts are on the website for the schools. Just about every school district has a directory and you can search for names, positions, what discipline they teach, that sort of thing. So the first step I'd recommend is identify the schools around you. And even if they don't have an automotive program, write them down and then start to research them. And who are the contacts? The contacts are going to be the principal, assistant principal, potential teachers would include if they do have an automotive program, certainly them. Another teacher could be some schools have business classes where this is usually a junior, senior type class. I know when I was going through school, you talked earlier, Carm, that, you know, high school was like college for you. In ninth grade, we had a business class. I don't know if they still do it that early or not, but, you know, look for those business classes because they're always looking for outside perspectives to come in and talk. And while you might not get a technician out of that, you're going to get some name ID that that student's going to go home and tell their parents about it. They may say a friend, hey, you're in the cars. You should go talk to that Bill and Andy that were in the classroom. And then, of course, get with the counselors. Those are the ones that, you know, recommending armed forces or the trades or two-year college, four-year college. Get with those counselors so they understand that if somebody comes to them, they have a resource that they can refer to. And then just start reaching out. I like to say, you like to hide behind email? That's easy, right? Nobody can hurt you or yell at you through an email necessarily. Start shooting off emails. Introduction. Here's who I am. Here's what I can offer. When you offer something, it's if you want my perspective in the classroom, I'm happy to come in and talk to students. Offer to do mock interviews. Offer to host an after hours at your shop for a couple students that want to talk about careers. A shadow day. Andy talked earlier about Andreas who came into the shop. He was working at McDonald's and he walked past our store in Garfield Heights, Ohio, talked to the manager and said, I need a shadow of business for a couple of days. I think it might have been two weeks. Can I come and do it here? Now he's a shining star. He's a rock star. You know, so take that student that wants to come in and, and do that. One of our other stores, we had somebody that had an affinity for cars, wanted to be an accountant, but still wanted to shadow our environment just to see what it's like to work in that sort of thing. And as Andy said earlier, volunteer. Consistency is the key too. 
So as you're reaching out, you might get a couple of no's. If you're sending these emails the first week of school, you're not going to get a response. But follow up and make that offer. And I talked earlier about the chamber. So if you're involved in the chamber or any networking organizations, make sure and ask for those referrals or those introductions to other people. Believe it or not, the chambers and the schools talk all the time. They have calls. They have meetings. They collaborate on things. They're always talking. If you're in with the chamber and you have a good relationship and you have something to offer, that message is going to get to their colleagues on the school district side. And then just do your best as you're doing it. Be authentic, be genuine, be supportive, be open-minded, help that young man or woman understand the benefits of being part of our awesome industry. You know, be an advocate for it. Hey, Carm, the actual quote is, opportunity is missed by most people because it's dressed in overalls. It looks like work. Thomas Edison. I just love that quote. Opportunity looks like work is the short version of that. Thank you. This episode really was about a tight, succinct energizer motivator for shop owners to go out there and get involved with education. I've been talking about it too much, but we have yet to really formulate a plan or passion. Hear the passion from both of your voices as to how it has helped and worked for you. Volunteer, career pathing, which is missing for so many uh, young techs, to be energized, volunteer, and of course that great quote from Thomas Edison, opportunity uh, looks like work. Any final words to motivate our industry to get off their, you know, sitting's the new smoking, get up and off your butt and get out there and see the schools? Nothing more than just do it. You know, the old Nike quote, just get out there and do it. You might fumble through it. No one's going to know you're fumbling through it. The invitation and the genuineness of wanting to help will go a long way and it'll help your business. It'll help your community and it might impact the life of a young person. Well said. Thank you, Andy. Yeah, I totally agree. You just have to do it. And what I think you'll find, it'll be so rewarding. You're going to enjoy it. You know, it'll take you a bit to get there, but you'll become the go-to guy. And then it just starts fulfilling itself. You know, Bill and I've been to the one college four times this year already. It's only half the year, you know, and they're in break now. So, but yeah, just do it. That's the best advice I could give to. Hey guys, thanks again. Uh, I'll have you back. I want to talk about the culture and your great company in a, in a future episode. Uh, thank you so much to Andy Fiffick, CEO of Rad Air Complete Car Care in the Cleveland area. 10. He's a franchisor with 10 locations. Bill Snow, VP Rad Air and the Vice President of Franchise Development and a motorsports podcast host and totally, totally committed to our young people and bringing them in our industry and supporting education. Thanks, guys, for being here. Thanks, Thank you, Kurt. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time... 